With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Open Floor, our first of 2023. I'm Rohan Nakhani, joined today by my friend and colleague and sad Michigan Wolverine, Sports Illustrated senior writer, New York Times bestselling author, Chris Herring. Chris, how's it going? I'm good. Um, I I got engaged uh, over this, this holiday break, and... Yeah, the first test of love, if you want to call it that, or like true love, <laughs> came about 12 hours after I proposed uh, when Michigan was losing that game. And as me and my fiance now were sitting and going through the engagement photos, I had to leave, you know, a TV screen with Michi- <laughs> Michigan behind by one touchdown to TCU. And and she's just she's like, I know you're not serious right now looking at like the ESPN app as That's we're so funny going through engagement photos and then not just that but then me essentially throwing my phone after Michigan lost that game which was infuriating but let me not spend more time talking about Michigan football than my fiance and the engagement because I think it was a beautiful moment but uh yeah that, Mich- lovely, that Michigan game was frustrating for sure lovely photos um I'm honored that you told me about it before you told Pina um, who had to find out on Twitter, like the rest of the normal people in the world, unlike me, who knew a long time before everyone else as one of your closest friends. I appreciate that, Chris. <laughs> um, we did get an email. This one came in from Sean Elliott. I don't think it's San Antonio Spurs, Sean <laughs> Elliott, but Sean Elliott wrote in, yo, just adding to what I'm sure is already a long list of people congratulating Chris on his engagement. I know Michigan lost. But I'm sure this makes up for it and more. I don't care what Daryl Swenson thinks. Spend some time on the podcast <laughs> congratulating this man. We actually got in a, a follow-up email from Daryl Swenson with an all-caps LOL. I love your guy's Did show. Did we? So shout out, yeah, shout, shout out, to out to him starting the year right. In us, shout in us, out to Daryl. not being a bad sport yeah. about it because we, um, we obviously appreciate the emails from everybody. Yeah, of him course, included. man. Ha- shout out to Daryl. Um did it make up for it, Chris? Did the did the engagement make up for the Michigan loss or no? <laughs> yes, and uh, I mean, what I'll say, I mean, it's gonna sting for a while uh, because, I mean, if if you watch the game, Michigan had essentially two drives from inside the three yard line that didn't 
uh, result in any points, including the first <laughs> one of the game where they tried a double reverse pass on a fourth down from like the two. And it was just like, what are you doing? Um, and then they also threw two pick sixes. So when you factor in that they either gave away 14 points and then, you know, lost 14 points of their own or at least six in a game where they lost by six, it's infuriating. But what I'll say is that I've noticed that um, <laughs> my fiance doesn't understand my affinity for Michigan football to to her. She thinks every because of the way I describe these games, she thinks every game is like, you know, the end of the world if they lose. <laughs> and it, it, I mean, look, they play. Let, let's see. They play Ohio State once every year. They play Michigan State once every year, which given that rivalry and the way it's gone for like the last 10, 15 years matters a lot more than it usually does. As of right now, they play, you know, a lot of the weekends that we've hung out because we're long distance, they're playing like Penn State, <laughs> Michigan State. Like these are like holiday weekends or like weekends that we plan to hang out. The Ohio State game was during Thanksgiving. And then my birthday falls on the weekend of the Big Ten title game. So I was telling her, like, it's not that every game matters this much, but once you get to a certain stage and you're undefeated, they all matter a lot. And so when they beat Ohio State and they win the Big Ten title game, and I said, those games matter a lot. And then you play in the playoff and you lose. She's like, okay, but like they won all these other games. I'm like, yeah, but this one knocked them out. Uh, so I, what I'll say is that her being around or her having been with me for these losses mellows me out in a way where it's like I do realize it's not the, the end of the world but damn if it doesn't feel that way sometimes um the Georgia game last year was like a blowout loss and it it made it a lot easier it's like okay we had New Year's Eve dinner reservations last year this makes it way <laughs> easier to just leave and not worry about what the score is this one was brutal in the exact opposite way because they absolutely had a chance to win they were favored and um you know and and it was close uh, and so, you know, but still, it, it, it absolutely takes some of the just raw nature of the loss um, and, and dulls it some because it's like I've got a fiance now and uh, I'm really, really excited about that process. I'm excited to be moving back to New York. And, uh, and yeah, I'm excited to uh, give a speech at your wedding. Um, at least <laughs> she's learning early just how much of a Michigan sicko you are. And she will be prepared for a lifetime of you caring deeply about the Wolverines. Um, Chris, on today's show, first of all, I just want to shout out our listeners. I know we were on a, we finished the end of 22 on a weird schedule there. Obviously, people are traveling. Chris has these amazing things going on in his personal life. I was traveling, so apologies for kind of the up and down schedule. We're back. We're here. And I thought, what better way to start the new year than kind of take a big picture look at the league? I did a contender ranking for SI last week, Chris, and I'm already regretting some of my decisions. <laughs> within a week, within a week, so much has changed, um, and I just I have no idea how to handicap who's going to win the title this season. I really don't. I think my number two might be my number one now. I think my number nine on this list is is now off the list entirely. Um, I'm going to run you my list, okay? And you you either say pause where you want to discuss a team. You can wait until after I read the whole list, and we can discuss it in its entirety, but this was this was how I ranked contenders on December 30th, okay? Mm-hmm. At 11, these are, I have 11 teams that I think could actually win the title. This Isn't season. that a crazy number, it's by crazy. the way? It's crazy. It's crazy. And I think it's down to 10. It's almost right? half the league. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
At number 11, I put the Cavaliers. At 10, I put the Pelicans. This is where it gets dicey. At 9, I put the Suns. (laughs) 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 At at 8, I put the Grizzlies. At 7, the 76ers. At 6, the Warriors. 5, the Nuggets. 4, the Clippers. 3, Bucks. 2, Nets. 1, Celtics. Okay. I, I didn't want to pause you there at all just because I, mm-hmm. I think it's useful for everybody to hear the whole yeah. list. Uh, I mean, look, I, I don't think the list of teams is crazy, although I'm side-eyeing Phoenix right now. And obviously they're banged up and, and Booker's Can, out. I have a story to tell about Phoenix, by the way. Okay. So All right, Biggie, I, go ahead. <laughs> look at look at Chris having the cultural references. Yeah, there we go. Starting off so, the new year right. So normally, I don't really like to talk about my reporting trips until they're done, okay? It's just kind of a superstitious thing, I don't, but I don't know what's going to happen here. But I was recently in Phoenix to work on a story, okay? I don't know when this story's going to come out because they've been on a massive slide. You know, I, got, I had a chance to speak with Devin Booker for a few minutes after his 58-point game. He's played like three minutes at, since then. But <laughs> you, our listeners can't see this, obviously. I'm wearing a purple L.A. Dodgers hat currently while we do this podcast i'm in phoenix and it's a last minute trip and i have to go to phoenix and i have to go to new york and i'm in phoenix and i have not had a chance to get my hair cut yet so i need to buy a hat and i go to the i go to a local urban outfitters in phoenix and i buy this dodgers hat i wear it to the game i'm in the pregame press conference i start to ask monty williams a question in the pregame press conference and monty williams staring right at me goes i know you're not wearing a los angeles hat right now and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I was like, I was like, uh, it was a, it was an oversight. Uh, I didn't mean to. And Monty Williams, still staring right at me, goes, "That's an excuse." <laughs> and now I'm just terrified. Hey, he put you, he put you in DeAndre Ayton territory. He at this was point. not happy, Chris. <laughs> he was not happy. And That's I was a very like, serious man, right there. And I was like, I legitimately apologize. And he was like, apology accepted. I, I've. I have not been scolded like that in a long time. I was terrified. So much so that at halftime, I went to the Suns team store, bought a new hat. But now I don't want to show up to the press conference wearing a Suns hat. So oh, I'm wearing, boy. Now, now I'm wearing a backward black Suns hat in the post-game press a, conference. A comedy of, of hat purchase errors, sir. <laughs> yeah. And Monty Williams, after the game, was like, I'm glad you turned your hat around. And I was like, I actually bought a new one. And he was like, that's even better. So... <laughs> Um, shout out to monty williams (laughs) straight up yelling at me but dude i think yeah i think i got to take the suns off this list do you you, let's start there do you see a world in which the phoenix suns could still win the nba championship okay here um yeah but i you know it's like you know how if you look at like espn's standings for these different things and they give like the probabilities and when a team is essentially eliminated but not quite they get the 0.1 chance of you know one percent chance the point one percent chance uh i'm gonna put phoenix there one their record could easily drop to well i haven't looked at their um their upcoming schedule lately but their rec i mean they're what are they three games over 500 right now um they'll have chance a chance to build that back up but also you know they've been kind of impressively up until recently had been impressively I would say overachieving given their injuries, given all the offseason stuff. And maybe the most polite way to put this, because I've been so impressed with how they've 
managed to stay afloat and even not stay afloat, but like kind of thrive in the midst of the Sarver stuff and the questions about Aiton and Monty Williams. Booker has has just been chugging along and now he's out. Chris Paul is not playing to his normal standards, which by the way, he's of an age now where like you can't expect him to do that anymore. Um, it's a team that's deep, but it's a team that for the first time we're seeing have real injuries. It was a team that was healthy for the better part of the last three seasons that all of a sudden is not healthy. So it makes total sense that some of these things are going to fall apart. I think that they'll rebound a little bit, but I, I have many, if not all of the same questions that I had after the way they folded last year in game seven. So I don't, you know, I came into the season not expecting them to win the title. I came in expecting that they would maybe still finish as a, as a home court advantage team, but that is it you know, in risk right now too. So I don't, ex- no, no, I didn't expect them to win the title this year to begin with. And I feel more confident that they probably won't now. So do they have a chance? Yes. Is it slim as hell? Yes. Um, and stuff will change once they get healthy a little bit, but I, you know, I still think that there are flaws with this team. Yeah. I mean, for whatever reason, I can't quit them. You know, they've been really good with Devin Booker this year. Devin Booker is now the best player on that team. I think he, doesn't get talked enough about as a number one guy on a great team. And they've been a great team when he's been healthy. Um, You know, the Warriors are on this win streak. They could have easily gone into a tailspin without Steph Curry. And we'd be talking about them like we're talking about the Suns potentially. But I'm not saying Devin Booker is Steph Curry, obviously. But I do think, you know, the way people talked about him early in his career, I think still colors some of the Devin Booker analysis. And... I think it's just going to come down to his health. I'm with you. I think their chances are very slim. I think they're going to need to make a couple moves. I think they will make a couple moves, but it's really not looking good right now. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Let's talk about the team that I had number 11 because I put the Cavs and Pelicans at 11 and 10. And my reasoning was, I think they're great teams. I think they're a year away. I think they both need a deep playoff run together before I can say they're they're capable of winning a ring. I need to see how both teams work in the playoffs, especially defensively. 
before I'm ready to say they can definitely win a championship. I think they have a chance right now if they get the right breaks and injuries, etc. But Donovan Mitchell goes off for 71, and it's just comical. And I know that we're—I wouldn't say the scoring numbers are inflated. We're just at a, at a time in the league where teams are shooting more threes than ever, pace is high, etc. We're just offense is better than ever before. But 71 is 71, no matter how you get it. It was an incredible performance. I mean, his pull-up three, when he's hitting that, there's nothing you can do. I wrote today, it's it would have been harder. It would have been harder for the Cavs to fill their specific need better than what they did this summer when they were like, we need someone else who can take the, the pressure off Darius Garland, who can go get his buckets late in the game, who can run pick and rolls, who can create. Obviously, every team needs that guy, but when you're an already good team, it's hard to make a move like that that doesn't ruin your rotation. It, it, it's just a home run move on so many levels. But yeah, I had the Cavs at number 11. Uh, they've been good. I mean, top 10 defense, top 10 offense. One of very few teams in the league that have that distinction. Do you do you put them closer to the Nets, Celtics, Bucks category, or do you think they need some more seasoning? <sighs> I think they need more seasoning, but here's the thing. The, the numbers don't show that. To some extent, the experience doesn't show that because you've had some guys that have been involved in playoff series before. Um, Jared Allen is right there, and obviously you've got uh, Mitchell, who who has been mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Love, and out, yeah. out of the first round, you've got Kevin Love, who's won a championship. Um, so it, it's strange. I, I am of the opinion that teams that – this iteration of this team hasn't been to the playoffs before. It's hard for me to believe that they'll go out and, and make the finals, make the East finals. Um, but I mean, where are they right now in terms of, of net ranking? They've got to be, they, I know they were one as recently as like a week or two ago and they've continued to win. So I imagine they're still right there. Um, net rating. They're right behind Cleveland. They're right behind Boston in net rating right now, but then there's a pretty decent gap between them, Brooklyn and, and new Orleans. So they're number two, and net rating and they're they're right there in terms of the standings in terms of the net rating so this is real not to mention that their defense which is what i had the most questions about with darius garland and two six foot one guards in your starting lineup albeit all-stars but two six foot one guards um who aren't known for their defensive ability if anything are known that they're they're not really good defensively and you've got the top defense in basketball so this is absolutely a contender um whether you want to think that they don't have enough experience or not, um, they're ab- absolutely capable. If you have Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland on your team, and then you've got two people that are as good defensively as they are offensively, uh, you absolutely have a chance. I, I do think that their depth on some level is going to be tested a little bit. I do think that um, the question that I had going into the season is still going to be one that's relevant, which is, who do you use to guard the Giannis's of the league? Um, which, you know, every team has that question on some level, but um, the Cavs don't have like one clear guy that's just their, their three. They're, they're small forward, really, in a lineup where you've got two all-star guards and, and two potential all-star bigs. Um, they could potentially trade for somebody. They're going to get Ricky Rubio back pretty soon as well, which helps their depth. Um especially in a in a grouping where you were trying to stagger Garland and Mitchell. Mm-hmm. So 
I mean, there, there's a lot of good things to come here. Also, if you're worried about the team maybe not having enough experience, the more they play together, the better. Um, and the more opportunities they get to to kind of just gel this roster, the better. Uh, so it's a scary team. I, you know, I would not want to play them, but I, I also think that on some level, you're not afraid of them if you're Boston. You're not afraid of them mm-hmm. if you're Milwaukee necessarily. I think because of the fact that it's a team that, you know, you've been there, you've done that to some extent now. Uh, Cleveland is the, the new kid on the block, so to speak, but they, there's a whole lot of metrics there to suggest that this is absolutely a contender. There's a whole lot of metrics to suggest that they're, they're, too low on your list um even if i I do think they've got some questions to answer still man the league's been so fun this year it's been so fun this year i'm i'm thinking as you're talking i'm thinking of the questions i want to ask you like i didn't i didn't run down with chris exactly what i was going to ask him today and i'm like i'm excited to hear chris's opinion on this because it's it's all over the place i'm with you i i I think Mitchell is so good, but yes, I think they they still need that that swing piece. Like their starting five is still a little wonky, and they're still searching for that fifth guy. I think who makes sense. Um, Mitchell, I think, has been competing harder defensively this year. We still need to see it in the playoffs. And yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I think the right way to characterize it is I don't think Boston, Brooklyn, Milwaukee are necessarily scared of them, but they're not going to be an easy out. Certainly, I want to switch to the West West for a second because. This thought hit me. I mean, another guy who's been on an absolute heater recently is Luka Doncic. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no, there's just nothing left to say about him. He's incredible. He Every night, he's worth watching. I didn't put the Mavericks on my list. I think they've won seven games in a row. They're now in fourth place in the Western Conference. Um, the Mavs are ninth in net rating. They have the sixth best offense in the NBA. You know, average defensively. Um, do you think they deserve to be on the contender list? What do you make of the maps? Because we actually got let me let me actually loop in this email we got. Um, we got this from Ben Steiger who wrote in late last year. I'm just coming off watching the preposterous Luca performance put on my Knicks last night. Don't really know what there is to say about this man. I'll put aside my concerns about Tibbs' stubbornness and setting rotations, and ask this. Wouldn't it behoove the Mavericks bass, brass to move heaven and earth to get a better team around Luka? Um, having Christian Wood as your second best player isn't going to get you anywhere. They have been good with Christian Wood in the starting lineup, I believe 7-3 and three or something along those lines since he moved in. I think I saw our guy Dan Devine tweeting about it this morning. But yeah, I'm, I'm just throwing all this Mavs stuff on you, Chris. What do you make of it? Are they currently a contender? I, I don't... The, I'm with Ben, but I don't even know what moves are really realistic for them out there. Um, in a normal situation, I would say no. I don't think they are. Um, I just think it's a little bit. T- I'm also probably a little salty for having said that I thought that they would beat the Warriors uh, going into that series, um, and then laying out a whole list of reasons why. Um, but I, you know, I I feel like you have to include them if not on your list, then just kind of like in the back of your mind. Because the West isn't like a runaway for anybody. Mm. Uh, and because of that, you know, if your thought last year was that, oh, the Warriors are so great that, you know, that they're going to run through the league this year, uh, obviously not. And, you know, the Suns aren't there. Um, 
you know, there there are teams that make sense out of the West, but none of them is infallible. Uh, so I think Luca is just so great that because of that, he could overcome any one of those teams on his own. I also don't like the idea of having to rely on him or any one player in the league to have to do that. Um, so I would still say it's very, very unlikely with this group. Um, I'm still kind of blown away that they let Jalen Brunson walk uh, because it was very clear that Luca was kind of on this ascent. And I think that you you increase the odds that he can stay healthy if you at least have someone else that, in addition to Dinwiddie and, and everybody else in that roster, that you can kind of depend on with the ball as opposed to just Luka. Um, but, you know, we're, we're watching Luka deal with it and we're watching Luka thrive this this way and we're watching them now catch a hot streak. I, I just worry a little bit about, you know, how much you're depending on Luka and then an array of shooters and really few other guys to really break down defenses um not to mention that so far their their defense has been average whereas last year they were they were much better than average right so that's my fear uh here with this team so i'm i mean i would lean more toward no but again the the nature of the western conference won't allow me to count them out or count luke out really is what i I guess is probably more accurate to say yeah it's crazy because there's all this talk i mean to ben's email how do you not move heaven and earth to get better pieces around luca i think obviously it's like you don't want to lose a guy like jalen brunson but Luca's a paradox because do you ever want to take the ball out of his hands? That seems silly. He's probably the best manipulator in the NBA right now. Sure. On the other hand, that style of play just typically does not work in the playoffs. The the high usage, super, super high usage. One guy, we just have not seen it work. And yeah, I... I I'm struggling even to think who are the right pieces to put around Aluka Doncic, you know? I think we're still figuring that out, yeah. honestly. And, and they, he, Wood is a fantastic pick-and-roll partner, mm-hmm. and he's been very good. I don't know that Christian Wood, to Ben's point, is the second-best player on a title team. I, I, yeah, I, that, that's really the question I have, is I don't know who the best guy to put around Luka is, and I think that's a, a very open question. And Yeah, that was the reason I left them off. It's, it's nothing about... I think Luca has proven he can w- win you a playoff series or two. If you if he's if you are the bad matchup for him, he will just dominate. He will take over the game and he will con- completely manipulate the flow of what's happening on the court. But I think there's just a limit on how far that can go. You you mentioned the West is wide open. I'm going to put you on the spot a bit here. This is a tough question because I had an incredibly difficult time separating these teams. I okay. think if I had to pick my favorites are coming out of the East right now, but among this group, either rank them one to four or tell me who you like the best out of this group. All right. The Clippers, the Nuggets, the Warriors, and the Grizzlies. Uh, I'm going to go Grizzlies here. Um, Ooh, I had them lowest on my list. I know. You had them eighth, and I that was kind of, again, I said I was going to let you run all the way through your list so that people could hear all 11 of the teams, but I was kind of surprised that you had them that low. Um, I, can I give a quick explanation sure. for that? Sure. I thought that Christmas Day game, I'm not trying to read too much into one regular season game, especially the Warriors without Steph, but that yeah. was an impressive punk job by the Warriors. I got to say, I love... I love how brash the Grizzlies are. I love how they don't care about going at the Warriors. But I also love when the veteran team is like, hold on. Hold yeah. on just a minute, you know? Draymond Not the WWF, is, yeah, hold exactly. on. That's yeah. exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> and, you know, 
Draymond barking at guys on the floor. Clay Thompson taunting Dylan Brooks. The Grizzlies, Grizzlies Nation, I don't know what they call themselves. They're in shambles. They're like, Clay is a weirdo for saying that this was a rivalry. And oh my God, the refs let Clay shoot. Listen, you got punked on Christmas Day. You talked a yep. lot of smack and it happens. And listen, another thing is, They've had a lot of weird shooting games this year. They're hitting like four threes. And if Desmond Bain is not hitting threes, who are the shooters you're counting on in a playoff series? Is Conchar going to play that much? Is Aldama going to play that much? Like, There's an on-the-court worry there, too, where I'm a little dubious of their shooting. Mm -hmm. Um, Is David Roddy going to get minutes in the playoffs? I'm not sure. Um, Yeah, so that was kind of my hesitation, and maybe I was feeling myself a little bit coming out of that Christmas game, but I have a little bit of a, a little bit of a hesitation with the Grizzly, so I'm interested to hear why you're high on them. Sure. Okay, so let me go through it. One, I, I'm going to give Bain more time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously he hasn't been healthy the whole year, which to me that makes them more impressive that up until, what was it, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, that, you know, their big three, if you want to call it that, had played together at all. Um, right. So the fact that they're... What are they? They are a half game out as we're recording this, a first place behind the Nuggets, despite not having had their their trio really together much at all, one of whom is is a shooter. And so, you know, it would make sense that he might need some time to develop more rhythm. Um, I'm looking at Tankathon right now, which is a weird sight to be looking at when you're talking about the Grizzlies. Uh, but I'm looking at the strength of schedule, the remaining strength of schedule. Uh, they are... They have the fourth easiest schedule mm. left in the league. The only team in the West that has an easier schedule remaining is Sacramento. Their strength of schedule is 487. Memphis is 488. So they're going to have an, an opportunity to rack up some pretty, you know, a, a pretty easy remaining schedule. Um, New Orleans is also also right there with them as far as how easy their remaining schedule is. Uh, so I think both them and I think New Orleans, for that matter, both have a, a chance to really, if and when they get fully healthy, if and when they develop rhythm. By the way, Brandon Ingram has not played in a really, 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 yeah. really long time. Yeah. And as we look at the standings and you look at, like, to me, my main question about New Orleans at this point is just like, can he, Ingram and, and, and Zion, develop a rhythm Mm-hmm. Uh, that they really haven't had a chance to develop yet. Uh, Zion's been it, incredible, but it's yeah. a good point. Without Ingram, is significant. Yeah, I mean, Ingram has played 15 games out of the... How many have they played? 30? Somewhere around 35 at this point. Yeah. You know, most teams have played about 35 games. So that that's actually my bigger question about them. But Memphis, you know, Memphis has now been deep in the playoffs. They're kind of the opposite of what I've said about Cleveland, where, where it's like, Okay, their cast of guys is actually scary. Their top flight guys are scary. Um, but they do have the experience that a team like Cleveland doesn't, at least collectively. Um, and who knows? Maybe they push Golden State even more if they have Ja. Last year, probably do if, if he's healthy and he plays out that series in which they took the Warriors to six. So I, you know, I feel pretty good about them. I, I think that they're um as of right now, a more complete team than Golden State is because of the way their bench is constructed and who they let go in free agency um, doesn't mean Golden State can't develop. It doesn't mean that, or, you know, that they're bench guys. It doesn't mean that um, Denver can't go out and get pieces that help them more defensively. And it doesn't mean that, um, that Kawhi Leonard won't start to put it together and look like Kawhi Leonard, which he has lately. So I, you know, it's not me saying that I don't believe in the other teams. It's me saying that I, I think, 
the Grizzlies have more room to grow, to develop, to gel um, with their top flight guys. And if they stay healthy or if they can, you know, be healthy for that run, um, I think that this just might be the Grizzlies time. And, uh, and, you know, I, I really do feel strongly about that. Wow. So you'd, you'd have the Grizzlies as your current favorite in the West. I would. Wow. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... <laughs> Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What do you make of the Warriors? Last night, Clay Thompson goes off for 54 points. I touched on him again in a small piece I wrote for SI today, which they've won five in a row, granted all have been at home. But that's the longest win streak they've had all season, and all five games have been without Steph Curry. They look like you wrote about this. I mean, they were in potential going for a massive tailspin here, Chris. Mm -hmm. They've been terrible without Steph this year. They're always bad without Steph. This year was particularly bad. They've won five in a row. They're at home, but Portland's not a cupcake. Utah's not a cupcake. Atlanta's not an easy win. Um, Memphis, again, on Christmas Day, that was the start of the streak. That, those of all those were all really solid wins. Um, they're finding ways to win without Steph. I think they found something in DiVincenzo. I think Moody's playing better. Um, Ty Jerome, I'm not sure if that's going to translate to the playoffs, but I, I just, I Steph, Clay, and Dre have not lost healthy in a playoff series since the 2016 Finals, which is the only time they've lost, and it took like. Uh, just a truly absurd set of circumstances for that to happen. Um, where do you have them in this race? Do you like them more or less than teams like the Nuggets and the Clippers? Um, I, I'll say for now, if if they're fully healthy, I, I kind of trust them to find a way to beat Denver. Mm. Um, Denver Damn. just doesn't. <laughs> We've talked about this a little bit, and it's like people... I feel like the Venn diagram of people that don't like Jokic and think that he's overrated or overbilled or whatever you would call it are, are also the same people that mostly watch him in a playoff series against Golden State. Yeah. Uh, where it's like, yeah, he looks somewhat deficient defensively when he's having to try to 
figure out how to guard or how to try to, you know, get up to the level of where Steph Curry is, which is like 80 feet away. Um, so, you know, that matchup for Denver is just not particularly great. I mean, I, it would be fun to watch that series now when you've got Michael Porter and, mm-hmm. and, um, and obviously Jamal Murray, but I don't love that matchup for the reasons that we saw last year, uh, which is just that Steph is going to annihilate that defense, at least as constructed. Um, the Clippers would be a fascinating matchup for them. Yeah. Um, I mean, they've they beaten them once. Yeah. I mean, it would be a fascinating match to watch the Clippers against the Warriors or the Nuggets, quite frankly. But yeah, sorry. Um, that's what I meant. The Nuggets. Yes. Yeah. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit torn on that one. I also want to see the Clippers, like, are they fully healthy when they take on mm-hmm. that matchup? Are they down one guy? As, as we talk about Kawhi and his health, I'm pretty sure PG is now out. For a little bit yeah too. hamstring um, injury yep so it's just you know like on some level the clippers are tough just because i feel like they they just have a little bit of the feel of a team that i remember watching the bulls for so many of those years um you know with derrick rose and everything and they had their their starting lineup was something like 25 and 3 you know mm-hmm. when they were fully healthy but that also tells you that their starting lap was only healthy 28 games right. um so they were dominant when they were healthy, but they were never healthy. And it, it's starting to feel like the Clippers are kind of that team a little mm. bit. Um, it, it, maybe it's even conservative to say starting to feel that way because obviously the last couple of years have been the last couple of years. But between that and their rotation, uh, yeah, they have the potential to be dominant if they're ever fully healthy. But will they ever fully be healthy? And uh, it, it kind of does feel like that seesaw effect. So I don't know what to think of them other than – no, I really wouldn't want to play them if they're fully healthy. It's just a question of whether they will be. But I, I trust the Warriors more than um, the Nuggets. If, if Steph is available, I'd like to say I trust them a little bit more than the Clippers, too, if Steph is is fully healthy, um, just because I don't really trust the Clippers to be fully healthy. Um, but I would take the Grizzlies over all three of those other teams. I would. Wow. Um yeah, damn. Okay, I don't know that I was expecting that. I I'm starting to get talk myself back into the Nuggets. We we got asked for our 2023 bold predictions, and I always pick the Nuggets to win the finals. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm feeling better about this in first place in the West. They've been on a, a tear lately. I think they finally lost to the Wolves last night. But I mean, Jokic. I think at some point we're gonna have to talk about him. Possibly winning his third straight MVP. Yeah, he's been, that he's conversation been, should have started yeah, at this point. Absolutely, yeah, he's been fantastic. The defense with Michael Porter Jr. in the starting lineups actually been pretty good, and I think they'll probably never have a great defense. But I th- can they get stops when it matters? I think they can get enough stops when this mat when it matters, and more importantly. Can other teams stop them when it matters? And I don't know. The Heat were playing a, a great game against the Clippers, and it was getting close um, in the final few minutes. And, you know, Miami is Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry. No answers. None. Um, Bam, I think Bam can guard every single player in the NBA one-on-one, credibly. That doesn't mean he's going to stop them every time. I think he can credibly guard players one-on-one in the NBA. I think the only one he can't is Jokic. It's mm. uh, <laughs> it, man, I just don't. At some point, I'm also like, if Jokic is as good as we think he is, and we, I think we both think he's very good. He's got to break through 
And at the same time, I mean, I put the Clippers over them because I think Kawhi is really starting to look like Kawhi. But, you know, you mentioned the health. Kawhi gets sick. He misses the game last night against Miami. Um, now Paul George has this hamstring injury. Maybe they are just snake bitten, but it's just so hard for me to separate these teams. I th- I still think the the promise of the Clippers is maybe higher than the promise of all the other teams in the West. Sure. As, as presently constructed, you know, if Golden State makes a move, if they get a vet or two, it could be different. But God, it's so hard to separate them. I I do want to talk about one team that we've not talked about in a long time on this podcast. That is now. Sure. By far the hottest team in the NBA, sixteen and one of their last seventeen. Yeah, 12, win- twelve wins in a row. Kevin Durant is is Kevin Durant. I mean, he's playing like the Kevin Durant we know and love. Um, you want to, you know, it's funny. I had Kevin Arnovitz on the pod a couple weeks ago, Chris, and we talked about how, you know, he's watching the NBA as a casual fan, and it's it's not always a great product. Stars are missing time, and you get excited for a big matchup, and you find out somebody's missing. You know who cares about the regular season? Kevin Durant. Uh, This guy competes every night. I love the competitiveness he has. And I mean that like he's drawing with guys. He's drawing with fans. But in a way that's just clear that he just loves the game, man. Like he's genuinely so thrilled to be out there. Um, It's just hard to explain. It's hard to translate it. But like competitiveness is is not just the right sell. But he just brings like a great. I'm really happy to be out here attitude every single night, and I'm going to make the most of it. Like, I'm going to enjoy every minute I have on the floor is kind of the way I see him playing. And listen, they've been a juggernaut. Ben Simmons is is a, being the role player everyone wanted him to be in terms of a defender, distributor. Nick Claxton, I wrote about Brooke Lopez and what he's doing protecting the paint. Nick yeah, Claxton's, Claxton's been, right there too. Claxton's right there, It's at least statistically. Royce mm-hmm. O'Neal, I think they've gotten good minutes from TJ Warren. Yuda, uh, I mean, all these guys coming off the bench, Patty, Patty Mills. Um, what do you make it? I I think the Nets are a better team than the Bucks right now. Milwaukee's dropped to twenty second, I think, in offense. I don't know if that's just all Chris Middleton, but I'm starting to worry about them. I know you yeah. are the the chief operating officer, the chief operating officer. The number one hype man, the Ooh. communications director of the Giannis uh, is the best player. I had that one coming. <laughs> I was if you hadn't said that, I was going to bring it up myself because it so, has not been a good two, three weeks for that. Compared so, to, at least not when Durant yeah. is playing the way he's playing and the Nets right. are playing the way they're playing. So, Absolutely. So Thank tell me tell give me a vibe check right now. You're are you more confident in the Nets or Bucks at this present moment? I'm I'm gonna go with the Bucks, like for a wow. little bit longer, a little mm. bit longer, because Chris Middleton and, and and not just him, but the offense as a whole, because sometimes you could have a player that's struggling and the offense still can do well because just having that player, his presence, his spacing, his threat can, can add to your offense. And Milwaukee has not had that yet or benefited from that yet. Middleton is shot really, really, really poorly. Um, to an extent where it's like, I don't think he's capable of shooting this poorly for much longer. Um, I do believe a little bit more in the Bucks defense when it comes down to it than the Nets, although the Nets are a top 10 defense at this point. Uh, they've played well for long enough to be legitimate. They've won, as you said, 
16 out of 17, 12 in a row. Um, I mean, they have two guys that like, it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world if they ended up going 50, 40, 90. Yeah. Um, I mean, Kyrie's right there. Uh, You know, is it basically 50% shooting 38% from three? He's already at 90% Durant. It would take him a little bit. It would take a, a big heater from him from the three-point line to get there. Um, but he's shooting 56% from the field. He's averaging almost 30 a game on less than 19 shots. And and his game. defense has been fantastic. I mean, defensively, for them to go to where they were to start the season to top 10 defensively is... Yeah, we need to be having more conversations about him in the MVP conversation. Yeah. I think even more so. And, and I'm saying this, granted, because they're on a long winning streak, but... Also, that their defense is legitimate. That Durant probably, it, especially if there's voter fatigue, as it relates to uh, to Jokic, that Durant mm-hmm. needs to be the beneficiary of that, in my opinion. Um, so, I mean, this team is is real. I, I also think that the idea of the the concern about um, will there be something else that happens with them, whether it is Ben Simmons in his back, uh, whether it is Kevin Durant. Having an injury, he's stayed healthy all year. He's played in every mm-hmm. game I think yeah. they've had so far, which is unusual. And also, mm-hmm. you know, was always was always the main impetus for me saying clearly that Giannis was the best guy in the world. Um, Durant can make that a, a, a very good case if he can stay healthy, obviously, and hold down the fort in a year where, uh, frankly, he was kind of well. Let me not say he was dealt a, a bad hand of cards because obviously. Durant kind of put a question mark on this season too with everything that he said and did during the offseason. Um, but this team is real and they have just a, a, enough of a blend of everything from from spacing and shooting to uh, the fact that they do have some guys that are capable of really getting after it defensively. Uh, it's, it's a good roster. And this is kind of what everybody thought and why so many people said going into the year, this team you know, even if you hate the guys on the court because of the different off-court stuff that's going on, the trade demands, the vaccine stuff, mm-hmm. the you know potential anti-Semitism, the anti-Semitism, whatever you want to call it, um, not even whatever we want to call it, the the stuff that very clearly looked like anti-Semitism for a yeah. while, uh, you know. But this team is deep. This team has you know some some great players on it, and also some stability now and not a question mark over hanging over them as far as the coach. Uh, So it's, it's not terribly, terribly surprising, but it's refreshing to see them play. Well, finally Um, there is a part of me that wants to see them prove it when it counts. Uh, They are coming off of a sweep. Uh, So, so we'll see, but I, I would take Milwaukee over them slightly right now, but I would also love to see a Milwaukee Brooklyn series. I would love it. Uh, I, I would love to see the top, four in the east really right. go after it. that even the top five like if, if mm. we if we throw a philly in there too philly mm. becomes very interesting they didn't make your list did they in terms of the they contenders. were they were they were number seven they were number, number seven. seven okay I, I and listen Embiid has been fantastic Embiid and harden together have been fantastic the harden reports about him maybe wanting to go back to houston are a little weird to me and you very. just wonder if he's going to be fully invested but the fact that they've been this good without tyrese maxey has been great to your point, I think the Nets and Celtics play each other on the 12th. I really hope everyone's healthy for that game. And also, yes, as you alluded to, we're focusing on the Nets on the court. Um, they've, to their credit or however you want to describe it, they've, they've quote-unquote managed to avoid distractions. I mean, I don't know how you want to phrase it. Obviously, 
the Kyrie stuff is still out there or was out there, whatever. It was bad, but um, yeah, I mean that stuff. And, and and please, let's not have this this conversation about a redemption or an adversity. Yeah. Yes, because yes. it was all self basically self inflicted. Yeah. yeah. So I don't want to hear anything about that. We can just call it what it is for the fact that the team is talented, was always really talented. Mm-hmm. They're playing up to their potential. They're healthy. To some extent, this is what we would have expected of them if you stripped away all the controversy that was self-inflicted. Um, but also shows you, like, maybe if you just handed Jacques Vaughn the job to begin with. Yeah. And, and not ever considered Ime Udoka, not brought in Steve Nash, who'd never coached before. Uh, you know, but it, it it's it's nice to see them playing the way that we all thought that they were capable of playing last yeah. year. Before a James Harden trade, now after a James Harden trade, the team has talent. There was never any question about that. It's been really cool to see them finally put it together and, and finally do it as a healthy squad. And I'm very happy for Jock Vaughn, who deserves Me this too. opportunity, and it's a difficult opportunity for coaches of color to get teams this good, uh, frankly. And you know, I think that it took a lot of public shaming of the Udoka potential hiring. And Jacquemont, I think 22 and seven, uh, he's been great. He's pushing all the right buttons. And especially the way he's coached up and coaxed out that defensive effort has been remarkable. I, I do have them number two in the, my contender rankings right now. And I stand by it. I, I like them more than the bucks. I'm with you on the Middleton thing. I think that it's obviously playing a significant role right here, but I just have some questions about their half court offense and, yeah, I sometimes obviously Giannis is the numbers are so good that it can sometimes obscure the fact of how much of a slog their offense is. And yeah, I mean, I mean now Middleton's missed a lot of time and I'm interested to see if he can get enough of rhythm and if he can stay healthy for the playoffs. Let's end with this, Chris. You know, it's our first episode of the new year. If I've we've now seen nearly half a season's worth of evidence of who these teams are, where they are. Now, keep in mind, last year, Boston around this time was 500. They end up going on this big run. So things can change, although that's that's not typically the norm. What's what's your finals pick as of the start of the new year? Headed into 2023, I'm giving Ooh. you an option. Who are you picking in the finals to win and against who? You know, I think I kind of outed myself already is like at this point, I'm probably taking Memphis so mm-hmm. in the West and and – Granted, they haven't played really well lately, but I, I don't know that I'm taking anybody over Boston at this mm-hmm. moment. Um, I mean, granted, we just talked about Brooklyn looks um, much better and 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 finally, you know, whole. Mm-hmm. Um, no controversies hanging over them at least for the time being. Thank goodness. Um, but I, you know, Boston did sweep them. And and the two key guys were out there last year, and Durant and and Kyrie. So you can benefit from having other guys healthy and and, and playing well. But it's still it's still Boston. It's still the depth that Boston has. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Boston is still kind of you know if I'm going to give Memphis the benefit of the doubt in terms of not having all their guys out there, uh, if I'm going to give them that benefit of the doubt, not having their guys out there for an extended amount of time to develop rhythm. Uh, Robert Williams had, had missed a lot of time and is still pretty new um, to being back in the mix and kind of the way that changes the way they look as far as the way they play offense, as far as the way they play defense. 
Um, so I'm still going to go with Boston here, I think, to, to get back to the finals. I would take the Grizzlies over anybody in the West right now. Um, and so I, I would have a Boston-Memphis final for right now. I'm going to – you won't do it, so I will. I'm going to be the prisoner of the moment, and I'm going to go with my Denver Nuggets. Shout-out to the Joker. Shout-out to Borderline All-Star, maybe All-Star Aaron Gordon, Bruce Brown, KCP, Christian Brown, Braun, whatever you want to call him, my guy Michael Malone, my guy Calvin Booth. Shout-out to the Denver Nuggets. They are going to win the NBA Finals against Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets. That's right. I'm putting the Nets (laughs) – in the uh, when NBA you said prison at the moment, I figured that's who you were taking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go full chaos. I you want to talk about salty. I picked the net I picked the Nets to beat the Celtics in the first round last year. And I said, <laughs> you know what? I'm not picking against Kevin Durant. And so, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Is it gonna be fool me twice or are they gonna prove me right? We'll find <laughs> out. Um Chris, that I think was going to do it for today's episode. Once again, congratulations, my brother. We're all so proud of you. Once again, I would like everyone to know that, A, we are feuding with Michael Pina. We are upset about the way he left uh, the show. And I'm glad that you (laughs) told me Rohan. I'm glad that you told me (laughs) that you got engaged before he did. Oh, man. Shout out to Michael. (laughs) Shout out. Just for when we get... People, uh, Reddit threads apparently that call out that we, we hate Michael. Shout out to Michael, who you're having lunch with in like hours. Like, even better. Minutes, minutes, even. Minutes. <laughs> uh, that'll do it for today's episode. Everyone, please keep your emails coming. Uh, we definitely want to get to some more emails uh, to kick off this year. Open for mail at gmail.com. Thank you to everyone for bearing with the schedule. We're excited uh, to be back on track here for the, you know, last six months of this NBA season Um, until the next episode continue to enjoy all the hoops I'm Katia Adler host of the global story over the last 25 years I've covered conflicts in the Middle East political and economic crises in Europe drug cartels in Mexico Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.